Good morning, everybody. This is Zach Bennett again. I'm your host, Zach Cooley, and I'm thrilled and honored to have legendary storyteller and local legend around here for sure, known to all Whistle children and children at heart as Butterfly the Clown, sometimes Mrs. Claus, sometimes the Fairy Godmother. Judy Farlow is on the phone with me. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Well, we have known each other a long time, and you have been a constant friend in my sweet little girl's life since pretty much since the moment she was born. And a highlight of her summer is to come and see Butterfly. But we didn't exactly see Butterfly this time. We saw the fairy godmother. So what was the fairy godmother doing in Whitfield? Uh, she was having a fairy program with the children that morning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> that's what she was doing. We're showing the children about fairyland and some fairy magic and that type of thing. I was just glad I got to see her for just a minute because I have seen her every summer since she was a baby baby. That's right. She was born in May, and we brought her to you the end of that June that she was born. That was eight years ago now. Well, and I, you know, we were talking, but I was remembering the first time she came because she was uh, to get her face painted and she was afraid and she, you know, kind of stepped back and was just real nervous about the whole thing. And she and I talked for a little while and I think I painted your hand first to show her yeah. what it was like so she wouldn't be afraid. Right. But she and I were friends ever since then. Mm-hmm. I was just so pleased to see her every year. You bet. And as I said in the article, it really touches my heart you know you see thousands of kids every year but something about her you remember her every year and yeah but you know i now i I will be honest with you i'm terrible with names absolutely terrible names but i remember faces and i remember her beautiful little face absolutely (laughs) well her name is bella yeah Yeah. i remember now her name i remember (laughs) Yes, indeed, and and it fits her. She is Bella, one hundred percent Bella. Um, So let's go back to the beginning. Now, great storytellers typically come from great storytellers. Now, is that true of you, or? Did uh, is it just your vivid imagination that made you such a great storyteller, or both? Probably, probably a, a combination of both. I was raised in a very rural country town before televisions, and well, they had, but we didn't have televisions. But and, and but the thing was, everybody would sit around and tell stories. I lived in an area that was a fishing village. So a lot of the men would talk about their fishing and farming and things that had happened and all that kind of stuff. And as a child, I was just fascinated. My granddaddy and my next-door neighbor, my Loki, would they would sit there and tell stories to each other. And as a child, I was fascinated. Then as I grew up, my mother was a professional writer. She wrote stories and books and all kinds of things. And my father was a liar. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to say that badly, okay? I, I don't right. that way. But, he, but between the two of them, I got that love of story and how 
details and all that kind of thing, so I inherited a lot of it and then I absorbed a lot of it. And your mother was a professional writer. What was her name? Frances Harlow, and we have, we, she passed away two years ago, but up until mm-hmm. then, she wrote, she wrote for the newspaper article. She had an uh, article that ran, uh, I think, weekly that was called Gray Matters. It was about uh, people in the area and that kind of thing. She wrote stories, um, and she and I collaborated on a lot of things. There are a lot of things, a lot of stories that she wrote. She would write them, I would tell them, and then we would change it, you know, together as to what worked and what didn't work. So I have several stories in my, uh, well, I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> I have several stories of hers that I use, that I tell. Aha, uh-huh. in your, yeah. in your uh, mental bank or your repertoire, if you will. Repertoire, that's the word I was trying to come across. Right. Your brain just kind of goes out and doesn't work right. Well, uh, in what community did you grow up? I grew up in two separate places, actually, up in Virginia. I grew up across the Chesapeake Bay over on the peninsula, the Elmira Peninsula, the southern mm-hmm. end of it. And when I was a child, the only way that you could get there from the mainland was by ferry boat. So you can just imagine it was a fairly remote area. The other side, my other grandparents lived up by the Rappahannock River, which again was at that time a very remote kind of an area. So I, I feel really blessed though that I had that, that type of upbringing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those two different cultures, yeah. Well, that that's fantastic. Um, with you mentioning that your mother's a professional writer, I was looking to see if she could purchase any of her publications. But no, she mm-hmm. never did. She never did have anything. She won won awards for short short stories and things like that. But Mm -hmm. she never had. She had a book that she wanted to get published, but never did get it published. Oh, sadly, yes. But I have it and used parts of it in my storytelling, so it lives on. Well, and and with the days of uh, uh, electronic publishing, maybe it still can be published one day. Today you never can tell. You know, never can tell. You know, it's it's not over till it's over. I think. <laughs> right. Um, and like I say, as long as I'm telling the stories, I feel like they they live on. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, it's it's what you do. There is there is so much of you know being being a clown. Uh, you know, being a storyteller. There is such a Romanticism involved with that type of work, you know. I don't. I don't. Well, I, and I'll tell you what. I feel like I am just one of the most blessed people in the world. I really, really do. I laugh about it and joke and say, "Well, I suffer from multiple personality disorder and just figured out a way to make it work." <laughs> right. Kind of, kind of a little bit the way it is, but I get to play different characters. Sometimes um, I, I'm a witch during October and Christmas. I get to be Mrs. Santa, and I, I just get to play a whole lot of different characters, which is just lots of fun. I get to do ventriloquism, and puppetry, and storytelling, and face painting, and balloons, and magic. How can you beat that? I mean, really. <laughs> Absolutely, and to be able to actually do that for a living. So many people, you know, how many children do we see in movies and stories and 
they want to run away with the circus and and that's that's looked on by their parents as being decadent and you can't do that you need to do something that brings money to the table puts food on your table and and that. how how was it that you were able to really do that for your main source of of living well i was a florist designer mm-hmm. for a good long long time and did uh, storytelling and puppetry and things on the side and then as my business grew with the face painting and the balloons and all that i was able to let the the uh, forestry stuff go but that's how i did it to start with i did both things mm-hmm. the forestry was steady money coming in you know every week i knew i was going to get a certain paycheck and then the crown and other stuff was just extra. And luckily, I was able to switch that around. Right, right. And that, and you have become, as I said before, a staple here in Whitfield. You oh, can, I love my Whitfield kid. Now I'm going to tell you something right yeah. now. Chautauqua Festival and Whitfield is one of my very favorite places to go. We have been trying to figure out how many years actually I've been there, and I'm, we're not really sure. Somewhere between 15 and 20 years. Well, I remember I was just hanging out one time with my high school buddies. I, I was about, I was about, uh, I don't know, 17, 18. And we were just standing there looking around. And you, you came up to us and said, excuse me, gentlemen, I need you to... Move out of the way. This is my space. I need this. I need this for my uh, for my face painting for my kids to come through. So we we meandered on the what out of the way. And I've been out of high school nineteen years. So right. I was. <laughs> it's been a while, and isn't it amazing? I tell all my kids, it's just amazing because they all grow up, and I say the same age. Yeah. That, uh, that's part part of the magic of what you do, I suppose. And and I would I would say I've seen you as butterfly, and I've seen you as as Mrs. Claus, and I've seen you most recently as the fairy godmother. And we just showed that picture to my wife this morning, and she says that is an absolutely beautiful costume. She is absolutely gorgeous in that. I think that's the one she should do. I mean, we we were all just taken by that by that by that uh, costume. There's something you know that that uh, that is very striking. That character. Oh well, thank you. And and that's another thing I I think that I'm really lucky about. When I was a, a child, my mother made me learn how to sew. I did not want to learn how to sew when I was little, but <laughs> it was one of the things that we did in my house. And I have since then called her and said, "Thank you for making me learn because I make my own costumes." Right, and that is and that really, I mean, that fairy godmother. We we were all three taken aback by that one. Well, thank you so much. Actually, I've got something going on with the fairy godmother. Um, I have a new thing where there's a story conducted, and I can, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but the story will have the child's name in the story. I'll have to send you a sample of it, because there's a story, and then after the story, the child will receive a 
a little box at Chum Fairyland, and it has all kinds of little fairyland trinkets in it. I'll have to send oh. you one. Let me in the address, and let me send Bella one, because I think she would love it. Oh, that would be fantastic. We would we would absolutely love that. Yes, I indeed. Will, you, you send me your address, and I will send that within the next couple of weeks, because I think she would really like it. That would be, and she would get to... The, she would get to hear the story as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I say, the story is geared so that it has her as the hero in the story. That is fantastic. Because, you know, I've written and self-published several stories uh, with my daughter as the hero. And what I have done is because all Bella knows is that Daddy writes stories and Daddy writes stories about me? It's it's no big deal. Doesn't everybody do that? Because that's all she knows, you know. So right. I'm, I'm hoping that one day she's gonna go up and say, "Hey, everybody didn't do that. My Daddy did this for me." But she, I so I read to her when she was in Emily's belly. I read to Emily's belly every night. And then when when she came out, when she got here, I wanted to read her stories, and she's like, no, no, I don't want you to read me. But she would take the book and read me a story, even before oh, even good. before she could read. She would read. She, she would make the story up. She wanted to read to me, but she didn't want me to read to her. So maybe that's a good. <laughs> Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe I've got a. Maybe we've got another storyteller coming up. Absolutely and positively. That's the best. To me, that's the best, best thing with children is you. You read to them first, and then they pick up that love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other characters that you do other than Mrs. Claus and the Fairy Godmother oh, and Lord, Butterfly? Oh, Lord, yes. Let me see. I All right. <laughs> well, let's let's cover some of those. If I can say it, uh, Calamity Jane for a Western theme. I play mm. Luna Moon for ladies who's from outer space. I play, uh, I can't remember my monkey lady. <laughs> <laughs> and Hexel and the Witch. And let's see, what's the other ones? Uh, Rainbow. And who travels the world and tells stories from all over the world. And... Uh, Rosie O'Grady for St. Patrick's Day and uh-huh. the Fortune Teller. Uh, let me see. And there's probably, and there's more, and I can't think of them. I have all kinds of puppet characters. <laughs> I bring out different ones at different times. I have Roger Rabbit, who is there for Easter, and I have uh, one of my newest ones is Tootsie, who is my senior citizen lady who who goes into uh, assisted livings and talks about you know, being an old lady and things like that. So I think I have a whole lot of fun with it. I really, really do. And I'm very lucky, I think, in that the thing that I am the most proud of is that at this point in my life, I can say that I have entertained over 15,000 children. Oh, man, isn't that wonderful? And what... To me, that is absolutely the best, best thing to think about, that I have touched the lives in some way of about 15,000 children. And I'm so glad you mentioned the people in nursing homes because they so need that human connection, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, you know, a lot of folks who are in assisted living and stuff don't have family. Right. So to have someone come in and tell stories, and I can tell stories that they can relate to. I, I tell a story about an outhouse, you know, growing up and mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that that sure. both from their generation can relate to, which is wonderful. And I get smiles and you know, I just, I, I'd like to say, I'm just so lucky, just so blessed. Well, and and in turn, you bless so many other people. You bless my family. You know, you know us year after year, and that is that's a blessing to all of us. Um, and I am am blessed to have known you and called you a friend for many many years. Um, and. Uh, you know, I think that the gift you give to people is so important. You know, coming back to the nursing home thing, I will admit that that has always been my biggest fear in life. When I reach a point where family can no longer care for me and that ending up being an only option, you know, that that is something that I you know, a fear that's always in the back of my mind because, and I call it life being over way before your existence. And that's how I feel like most of those people feel. And for you to be able to reach them and touch them and, and, and let them know that they are not forgotten and that they are still here and they are still cared about, that is so important. And one of the things to me that is, and, and thank you for that compliment. It just warms my heart, makes me feel so good to know mm-hmm. that that I'm bringing happiness to people. It gets really important to me. And mm-hmm. for the nursing home people or the assisted living people, I think one of the things that I do that, I, that I'm so pleased with too is I let them know that they have a story. They all have a story. So when I'm going, I tell them my story. I will get them to relate to me some of their stories, and that is just so wonderful. Yeah, and what you what you can learn from older people is just astounding. And oh yeah, I have to share one with you real quick. Yeah, I I, I was at a person wedding, and I, we were singing the song, and after the song or after the session, one of the uh, assistants came up to me and she said. Mrs. So-and-so, I don't remember her name now, but she said, Mrs. So-and-so knows how to play that on the piano. And I thought, oh, that's wonderful. Would she play it for us? So she played the song, and she turned around and she said, the, the assistant said, you know, uh, she taught Elvis Presley. And I asked the lady about it. I said, you tried to teach Elvis Presley? You taught Elvis Presley then? And she said, no, honey, I tried. She said, but that's why he played the guitar. Oh, wow. And I said, well, how did you know him? And she said, she went to the same church. So, see, if you go in there and you talk to some of those people, you find out they have some marvelous stories. And to think that you would have never, you know, people would have never known such amazing things because they just don't ask. And what what we miss out on omission is really you know as a as a as a writer and as a as a parent i am so um 
I get so irritated at these toys that light up and make noise and do all of do all of the imagining for the child. You know, my daughter's sitting sitting here right now on on a tablet, and I'm getting ready to go pull her off of because <laughs> you know, and she and I have to give it to Bella. You know, she doesn't do a lot of electronics. She'll do electronics when. You know that the sun is not shining, but we have a beautiful backyard, and we go outside. And she used to make up all kinds of games that we'd play, and she still does. Still has a great imagination. I have to give it to her on that. But everything, but th these kids are so overstimulated that they don't leave room for imagination. And that's a sad thing. It really is. And you, it, to have an imagination, you have to allow a child room, space to let it grow, to let them fill that space themselves. Absolutely. Because absolutely, yeah. Because everybody can do that. And to me, there's nothing more alluring, even if I've heard the story a hundred times when I was little. There was nothing I liked better than my great aunt. I would curl up in bed and my great aunt would tell me, trying to get me to go to sleep. Once upon a time, there was a little boy and his name was Zachary Gray Cooley and he loved the color red. And she would just, she would just build from that. And I, and I would think that that was the greatest thing in the world that I was in this story. You know, I, and, and those are, those are, those are the high points of people's childhood. And I guarantee you that when Bella grows up, she will say that highlights of my summer were when my parents took me to the Chautauqua Festival and I got to see and hear a story and get a face painting and a balloon from Butterfly. You know, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You, know, you know, now, uh, one more important question, or a couple more anyway, I must ask before we hang up. Uh, do you have children and grandchildren? Good. Uh, Excellent. I have, uh, let's see, I have seven grandchildren. I just acquired three new ones. My daughter remarried, and her husband has three children, and she had three children. So now they are the Brady Bunch, which is wonderful. And yeah. my oldest grandson, who is all grown up. No, no great grandchildren yet, though. I'm not that old. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, I I'm very fortunate in that. I had my great grandmother till I was almost thirty years old. Oh, how lucky you were! So, how lucky you were! Yes. Before my great grandmother passed away, she met her great great granddaughter. Wow! My yeah. mother had that. My mother had that opportunity too, which is wonderful. But before she, my mother was three months away from being ninety-nine when she passed away. Wow. So luckily, she had. Children and grandchildren and great grandchildren and a few great great grandchildren. So that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. To I to meet a great great grandparent, I think was extraordinary. And Granny Rose and I, we were we were very close. And and uh, you know we she was she was she was a wicked lady like me. I'm a, I'm a wicked guy. So we would we would. What I miss most about her is just being up to no good. You know, uh, Randy Rose and I used to sit in in Chautauqua, like directly in front of you at the gazebo, 
So you may have seen us over the years when we were when we were when we were sitting at the at Chautauqua together. But anyway, so many great memories uh, that you are tied to, and uh, I'm so glad that you have grandchildren and great grandchildren to pass your stories to. Um, do you know when we will see you in the Whitfield area next? I will be in Whitfield, as a matter of fact, I believe, not this coming Friday, but I believe it's the following Friday, I will be at the library doing story time, so we will invite everyone for the adults who have done the summer reading program. It's always a great privilege and honor to talk to you. Thank you for taking this much time with me this morning. Oh, thank you so very much for the call. I really, really... You have just made my heart sing knowing that I'm that important to your life. Oh, well, well, you certainly are, and I'm glad to have an opportunity to tell you that personally. So, uh, uh, again, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. I have, and one other thing. You be sure to give your wife and Bella hug some kisses for me. Oh, you bet. Absolutely, I will do that. All right. Thank you so very much. You have a wonderful afternoon. You too, and lots of love to you and yours. Thank you so very much. You have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.